Hey guys, this is Russ and this is The Overlooked. Today we're going to talk about the disappearance of Lester Raymond Jones Jr. Lester was a graduate student at Mississippi State University. He was studying biomedical engineering. He was a member of the Omega Psi Phi fraternity. Now, he disappeared from Starkville, Mississippi on January 11, 2010. He was en route to Jackson, Mississippi area from Starkville. He had plans to go visit with some friends. Unfortunately, he never made it. Now, he was driving his blue 2002 floor expedition. He had Mississippi license plate number, a red KTW714. He was 25 years old at the time of his disappearance. He is 37 years old now. So let's talk about the last known sightings that we have of Lester. Now, the morning that he disappeared, he did see his brother in person. Um, he was leaving from the Tunica area en route to Starkville. And so he had stopped at his family's home um, during that trip. Now, later that night, Lester is actually spotted on surveillance camera at a convenience store. Um, the store was in Flowood, Mississippi. Him and his car can be seen on this video. And that's around 10, 18 p.m. Now, one thing that's odd, his cell phone was actually found in the bathroom of this service station. Now, luckily, the customer who found it turned it in to the store staff. Store staff eventually realized that this was the phone of a missing person. Um, his family was able to retrieve that phone. Um, it looks like the family was able to see that, you know, his father had called him and left a voice message and um, it seemed like he had spoke to a friend or two that evening. Um, but again, nothing seemed off the last time anyone saw him. He did not seem stressed. He did not seem like he had something on his mind or anything going on. It really seemed like no one suspected that anything was off. Now, in February, his family and fraternity, they start doing search parties for him. Uh, the police did do some search parties. I know they had a plane and were doing aerial views, uh, but I really couldn't find a lot of details on exactly what the police did and what they didn't do. Um, you, we hear, again, little bits and pieces that are like a sentence long, uh, but we really don't get a lot of details. Now, an MSU alumni, James Patman, he had talked to um, some reporters and he said that like many others, like they just believe that this was some misunderstanding. He was just going to pop up one day. But he said as time went on, you know, he woke up one morning and was like, nope, it's it's time for us to do something. He is quoted in the papers as saying, I knew that others wanted to take action, but someone had to lead. And I committed to being the person to lead. I began to place calls to key members of the fraternity in various areas of the country, seeking their assistance in developing a strategy to create more awareness of LJ's disappearance. Now, he did create a plan. This plan became known as the call to action. Um, and this included providing flyers with information and photos of Jones and photos of his car, um, distributing it via email, Facebook, and any other means they could find. 
A press release statement was written and submitted to media outlets around the state and around other states in the southern eastern area of the U.S. Now, at the end of February, um, it came out that police believe that there may have been contacts in Mexico. So originally, we don't really have a lot of information. At the time when this was released, um, there's some type of statement where it's like, uh, he may possibly have some contacts in Mexico. And then that's it. They don't really tell the public, you know, why they believe that, where that came from, um, because it kind of just came out of nowhere. But um, later, I was able to find an article in 2014. um, And basically what happened was that about three weeks after he disappeared, his family got a call from a Spanish speaking person who instructed them to wire some money to Mexico. Now, the family sent the money, uh, but I think there was some type of plan to catch the individuals because in the same article, it details how authorities missed the suspect by just minutes, but it doesn't really explain how they missed them. Like, were they there physically? They have people on the ground. Were they tracking an IP address? Like, I have no idea what that means exactly. Um, but it seems like that was the only leads that came out of Mexico. And it's hard to confirm exactly, you know, why they got this phone call. One thing to keep in mind is that when people go missing, especially when families are all over the news, and while this case wasn't all over the news, um, you still have people who are opportunists who unfortunately they try to take advantage of families um this has happened in several 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 cases you'll hear stories of cases where the family is talking they're on the news and just really scum of the earth type people take it upon themselves to reach out to the family and say hey you know i'm a psychic i can tell you where they are i just i need 500 dollars uh to do it because it takes up so much of my energy um you have people that reach out and say hey you know i overheard something and I think I know where they may be the person who you know has the information on where they are they'll say they'll let us know for five thousand dollars you know let me be the middleman and so forth and so forth um there are unfortunately a lot of stories like that where people will see this family desperate on the news one in their loved one and they think ah I can make money off of this now We don't know if that's the case in this particular story because, again, the police weren't able to catch the suspects. So we don't really know where that all came from other than in the general Mexico area. And we don't really know who made that call. We don't know if they actually know Lester, if they know where he is, if they have any information or if they just made it up as a quick get rich scheme or get money scheme. Now, at the time of his disappearance, again, it did not appear that Lester had any major life difficulties going on at the time. I mean, he was a grad school student and grad school is tough. Grad school is a stressful um, time in a lot of people's lives. However, for the most part, everyone says that, you know, he was his normal self. Um, He didn't do anything that raised any suspicions. Also, you know, he had plans for the future. He actually, um, again, he was on his way to meet with friends that were waiting for him um, and he didn't make it to that. Also, he had already enrolled for the next semester of school. Um, So it seemed like he had things that he had planned ahead of the future for that he was looking forward to. 
Now, on Facebook, I did uh, come across a group. It's called the Lester Jones LG Call to Action. Um, And there were several different posts. And I found a post from 2014 where it was specifically asking users to just share stories about Lester. And there was a lot of, you know, love and support. Um, There was one poster who talked about how funny he was, how smart he was, how loyal he was. Uh, People also talked about how nice he was, how well-mannered he was. Um, One particular user um, described knowing him through her sister. And she said, you know, I didn't really know him. I knew him through my sister, but, you know, he, he found out that I was, you know, this person's sister and I was coming to MSU. And so he made a point to look out for me and he was just the sweetest person. Um, another person posted that they went to high school together. They were actually on the football team together. And he talked about how Lester was a perfectionist and how during their friendship, he taught Lester how to let go and how to not be so hard on himself. And in turn, Lester taught him how to focus. Now, in 2014, his mom did an interview on a blog talk radio show. Um, So first, before we go ahead, I want to clarify that I did not listen to this interview. Unfortunately, in this interview, you can find the page. You even see a video. It will not play. It will not let you play. It will not let you download it. I've tried for about a week and a half now to try to figure out a way to make this video work, especially since, you know, you have this the video there but it just it always says access denied whenever I try to actually listen to it so the information I am giving about this particular interview is coming from different posters on forums that were talking about this case and what they had to say about this interview so during this interview apparently mom says that there was a frat brother who actually did two interviews well three interviews but in two of those interviews he said you know hey I did not speak to Lester on the phone I did not speak to him on the phone the evening that he disappeared but it came out that no we have his cell phone records and you guys did speak not only did you guys speak but you guys spoke for about eight minutes on the evening that he disappeared so in the third interview he changed the story and acknowledged that yeah I mean we did talk Now, this information, you know, really kind of changes the way that you're viewing this case. Because now we have this person that's a friend who lied about their interaction with him the last time he saw them and or spoke to him. And it's kind of odd because if you guys just talked about regular things like, hey, man, I'm on my way. I'm about an hour away. You know, I'm going to stop and get some food and then I'll see you guys. Anything like that, you know, one, I think you will remember it, but also it's something that's so easily verified that, you know, the police are involved. They can get his phone records. Um, Also, his phone was found. So, you know, they can, family can get someone to, you know, crack into it and look at his phone log. Um, 
and it was put out there actually very early on in the case that they found his phone so to lie about this one it's just extremely odd because it can this is something that again we can check very easily and say uh no that's a lie and if the conversation was just a regular conversation that was just hey man I'll see you in a couple minutes um why lie about that So that is one of the things of the case that a lot of people kind of focus on. Um, But the only time I hear this is when people are talking about mom's interview. It doesn't seem like there's any articles where it's really mentioned. There's one article in 2014 where they mention it. But again, mom was interviewed for this particular article. Now, he has had a couple of shows do episodes on his case. Um, I know for a fact TV One, their Find Our Missing show, did a episode on his case. However, this show is currently off the air. Uh, TV One doesn't even have any links about the show uh, in their website. I looked on YouTube and I found other episodes that some people managed to catch, but I could not find the episode with Lester. Uh, But it seems like pretty much this show kind of said everything that we kind of know, but you get to hear from the points of uh, people who are close to him. Now, over the years, his mother has done a few things to try to keep his case active, to try to keep the awareness in the community. Uh, Again, she's done interviews. Um, Again, that blog talk show she did that interview in 2014 um so that was about four years after he went missing she also did things throughout the years like hold concerts hold auctions and she used that money uh, to pay for private detectives but it seems that no new information actually came about from any of this pretty much after 2014 I really can't find anything about this case I really can't find any updates now there's people that still want to know obviously family but even on some of the web forums you have people bumping old cases so I did come across that um, where in some of these thread forums they say you know hey bump in this case any update um, and I saw a bump all the way in 2019 so people are still wondering but it looks like there's no new information Um, and unfortunately this is a cold case now let's get into the theories that is kind of floating around the web so the first theory and I've mentioned this several times in several episodes um, is that Is it possible he went off the road and his car went into a body of water? Okay, Um, I've stated this several times. Whenever a person goes missing and they're traveling and the car is not found, that is usually the first thing that pops up in a lot of like crime junkies minds. Um, And that's really because there are several cases where people were missing for years and someone randomly went scuba diving and found a car 30 years later and now a case from like 1980s is solved um that definitely does occur um so it's one of those things that kind of pops up and it popped up in this case um and really we find out that he went um he was heading towards Ridgeland and it seems like we somehow got information that he 
did this using old Brandon Road. Now, there's a couple users on different forums that claim to be from Mississippi, claim to be in that area, around that area, and several users have said like, hey, this is one of those roads that you can't really look down and text. Um, there's bodies of water near this road, really murky water. I actually looked it up, Googled it, and I can definitely see how, you know, if you look down a text for more than a second, which by the way, we should not be texting and driving at all. Uh, I know it's hard to resist, but you know, things definitely horrible things can happen when you text and drive. Uh, but in this picture, I could definitely see like if you were driving on this road and you look down for a second, it's very easy for your car to just go in a way that it's too hard for you to correct once you look up. So that is definitely one of the theories that is out there. Um, and though sometimes we hear this theory and we're like, okay, uh, yes, that's a thing, but I feel like it's just so general. Again, when you look at the pictures of this row and I'll post them up, you can kind of see why people would say that like, oh no, you're right. If he did take this road, this is one of those roads you kind of don't want to play around with. Now we know there were aerial views, but there is no mention in any articles that I can find if they looked in this area, if they looked in the waters of this area. Um, we don't know if there was a dive team or anything. So I don't know if we can necessarily rule this area out because again, the public, we really just don't have the information. Now, the second theory you'll come across is that, is it possible that Lester walked away from his life? Now, um, one, that's always a theory in any missing persons case, because um, there is a good portion of people that go missing that are found, that come back. Now, usually when that happens, it's usually like a couple weeks later, a couple days later, but there are several stories of that. And um, so when he, so when he disappeared again, he was in the middle of grad school. Grad school can be very hard. Also, again, through Facebook, we found friends making comments saying how he was a perfectionist, how he was very hard on himself. Um, people start to wonder, hey, you know, is there a chance he just walked away that he was so stressed and overwhelmed with life that he was just like, I just I want to walk away. I want to start over. And again, when it comes to missing person cases, you know, that is always a theory. That is something that very well could happen. Um, also, along with that stress and, you know, just being in a place where you're like, I, I, I don't think I can handle all this. You have people that wonder if he committed suicide. Now, this theory I am very skeptical of. And the reason why I'm skeptical of this theory is one his car was never found uh, you don't hear of many cases where a person goes missing and they're first like well let me hide my car and then they commit suicide you just it's not a thing that you really hear about of course there's always a possibility I just think it's very very low also I think if this was something that he did um from what I've read and you can see it sounds like you know he was close to his mother um again I just can't see him based on characteristics and traits that uh, family and friends have told the media about him. I just can't see him committing suicide and doing it in a way where his family doesn't get closure, where no one will find him and know what happened to him. It just seems out of character from what I've read about him.
Now, the third theory, of course, is, hey, let's focus on this frat brother. Why would he change his story? Um, And this is something I really focus on as well. I really wish I knew, you know, what was his original story? We know he said, no, I didn't um, hear from him. And then we know eventually he said, yes, I did. But did he ever say what they talked about? Did he ever explain why he said, no, I didn't talk to him um, in two different interviews? It's just really weird. It's really shady. Um, Again, it was an eight minute conversation um, and it was that same evening. And it just seems kind of odd that someone who's supposed to be their friend would lie about that or just simply forget it. Um, yes, there's times you can have phone calls and people are like, yeah, oh gosh, I barely remember that phone call. But I would think if a person went missing and again, it seems like he was interviewed kind of close. It wasn't like it was years later, um, that you will at least remember. Yeah, we talked. I don't really remember what we talked about. It was, you know, just everyday regular stuff. I can't, it was nothing important. It was, Hey, I'm stopping to get food. Usually you can say that much. Uh, but it's, it's to completely forget it and deny it until you're presented with evidence like, no, this did happen. It just seems very odd and suspicious. And that seems to be the main theory people are going with. But of course, we also have the theory that um, he, one, is in Mexico. Uh, and that's why he had somebody else call. And when they called, um, you know, he was able to get money to start his new life over. Uh, I just don't see that being a thing, um, especially with him being a perfectionist. Um, there's no talk of him knowing Spanish or anything like that. And yes, he could have someone else call. Uh, but it really seems like he was close with his mother. And again, his mother has been in the media um, showing like I her stress her missing her son so much I would I just find it hard to believe that he did all of this and after all these years he didn't send any type of message to say hey I'm okay I started over um another theory is that you know maybe he was kidnapped by a gang and it was a Mexican gang a Mexican cartel he was taken there um again that's one of those things that's like yeah that could happen but there's nothing that supports that yeah there was a call from Mexico uh but I personally believe this was an opportunist just they saw a chance to make money and they took it um I'm it's really unfortunate that that happened but I really feel like that is more than likely what happened here but you know there's always theories that you know no this was legit these people at least know where he is or why he didn't return and you know they just missed their opportunities because they got the police involved and again it's just one of those theories that's out there but you know there's really not enough evidence to support it either way Curry Lester's case is considered a closed case but it's still open and his family and loved ones and friends still want to know what happened to him where is he is he coming back if you have any information about this case, you can reach out to the Starkville Police at 662-323-4134. That's 662-323-4134. And again, that is the Starkville Police Department. They are the ones handling the case. Um, you can also call the Center for Missing Persons at 910-343-1131. That's 
343-1131. Again, that's the Center for Missing Persons in case you don't feel comfortable talking to authorities. As always, guys, be safe, be vigilant, uh, be aware of your surroundings, and I'll be back with a new episode next Sunday.